1: Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka.
0: Welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. I'm Marla Tabaka and I am so happy to be here with you today. The sun has been shining here in Chicago and we just have beautiful weather and this just seems like the perfect way to share it. We have a fascinating guest and topic today. I am so excited. This is just one of my more passionate topics. So think about this for a moment. Our emotions don't often allow us to associate divorce and other difficult times with finding health, wholeness, and wisdom, and certainly not an opportunity to express gratitude and love. But my guest today asks a critical question. Can our moments of deepest despair, in fact, be catalysts for change and renewal, pointing us to universal wisdom? And we don't usually think of the words divorce and divinity together, but in her new book, Divinity in Divorce The Power in Gratitude and Love, Dr. Dina Churchill shows how people can find wisdom, health, and wholeness in divorce and other traumas and changes in life. Dr. Churchill is a chiropractor, a speaker, consultant and writer, one busy lady, and she's an expert in healing through life's changes. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, Dr. Dina Churchill. How are you today?
2: I'm great, Marla. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And here in Nova Scotia, Halifax, it's a little rainy and overcast, but hearing your voice, it just lights up the room.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm trying to share the sunshine (laughs) girl. You can hear it
2: in your voice, my friend. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Why, thank you. Well, Dina, is it okay if I call you Dina?
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> when, you know, when we talk about life's more challenging events, especially those that include grief, and, and I have two very, very dear friends grieving the tragic, tragic senseless loss of their mother today, and so this is really a topic that's hitting home for me today, but it feels like such a long road to travel to get... You know, from, from one end of the spectrum, from that end, to positive change, renewal, and universal wisdom. Does it have to be such a long and arduous path? No.
2: No. No, it really doesn't. I think the most important thing in dealing with any emotion, whether it's grief, anger, resentment, is to understand that you have the power to change it. And it can be two weeks, two months, two years. Um, everybody has a different path of learning, but to understand that you have the power to change that. And I'll give you some tips along the way that, uh, that would help. Do you want to start to talk about grief first? Is that?
0: Oh, you, you know, that, that would be wonderful because it's timely for me. I'm going to be okay. selfish here.
2: <laughs> well, why don't I, I sort of put it into a paradigm for you of looking at emotion and what emotion is first. And that, you know, emotions can cause ease or dis-ease depending on our own perception. So William James says emotion is just our perception of a given event and then a bodily response. So if we change our perception, we change the outcome. And that stress or sickness is really our inability to accommodate to a changing environment. So when you put it in that sort of paradigm, you can look at any emotion and break it down a little more clearly and understanding that your emotion is really just a feedback mechanism, letting you know there's some incongruency in the system. And then perception is really just your label because somebody else will look at that same situation and not have the same emotion. And the third part is really understanding that the emotion is there to serve you and that if you embrace that emotion it really helps you bring you to sort of a a deeper place where you're finding your purpose and understanding a little bit more about yourself and self-study.
0: I love all that. It seems to drive that that right brain response over to the left brain a little bit and, and kind of help you look at it from a whole different perspective.
2: I love that. So in grief, it's where a person is seeing more loss than gain.
0: Mm.
2: so you're grieving or that emotion is for yourself it's for the person that's living not for the person that's passed on so you see that you have some loss in that person leaving your life if you could label and look at each characteristic, Dr. John Demartini does a lot of this work if you could look at the person's characteristics that you think you're going to miss, that you think you've lost and look at where they've reappeared in your life, you'll see the death as a transformation of energy. Oh. So let's say your friend. Is it your, your friend? Yes. And mm-hmm. Did you know this lady? Yes, yes, I did. So Wonderful if you, lady. If mm-hmm. you look at a characteristic that you're going to miss in her, let's say her smiles. I bet she was a smiley lady because if she's your friend, she has to be. <laughs> Thank
0: you. But yes, she certainly was. She was a smile.
2: So if you're going to miss her smiles, you'll see that there'll be other people to come into your life at the time this lady's leaving to give you equal quantity and magnitude of smiles. So it may mm-hmm. be three people that show up in your life. Or if you're going to miss that person's hugs. There'll be the neighbor, or there'll be the son-in-law, or the minister at the church, or somebody shows up to give you equal number of hugs that you're going to lose with this person leaving. So, you know, law of thermodynamics you know, says that there's no losses or gains, just transformation of energy. And if you look at it, our bodies and our, our existence as energy, that same law has to apply. So if we can look at uh, a loss and see where we have equal gains on the other side... We're in a place of balance. So you know, grief again. Is, go ahead. Grief again is sort of that lopsided perception where we're seeing that there's more loss than than gain, right. and we're remembering right. sort of the infatuated, the parts that we really loved about a person. Because you're not going to miss their smelly feet or their fat. They didn't do the dishes, <laughs> right? Right. We're not going to miss the qualities that we didn't like. We're only missing the qualities that we infatuated with that we really loved. But Uh another important part is to see that person in a balanced light, to see that they also had parts that you didn't like and parts that you liked. And that helps put the person into balance. Because when somebody dies, we always remember, you know, they were a good father and they were a good minister and again nobody mentions the smelly feet part in the eulogy (laughs)
0: that's so right you know when (laughs) when you were mentioning dina the the balance that someone else will bring those smiles and the hugs i have to say you know a, a part of me was sitting here resisting saying yeah but what about the things like the financial security that that person may have offered or what have you and then And then I flashed back to um, I lost my husband a number of years ago and, you know, my daughters were only eight years old. and, And that's one of the things that I had to face is that unknown in the financial security department. But, you know, as I thought back to that just as quickly, I realized, oh, my goodness, it wasn't soon after he passed that I began to get you know, raises and promotions at work, and soon I was earning what both of our salaries together. Within probably a year and a half, I was matching our combined salaries. So That's amazing. I, yes, you know, so I'm sitting here, and, and like I said, one part of me was resisting that, and then the other part of me is saying, saying, no, you've lived that. It is so true.
2: Um, what a wonderful perspective. Thank you. You're welcome. The other emotion, you know, that's, I had a, always had a fear of dying. you know i was I had two small boys, and I was afraid with my travels that somehow I would get killed, and you know what would the boys do mm-hmm. so in a seminar with John D. martini, he asked to to break down your fears, to look at your worst fear and then how it would serve you in your life and I thought, how can my fe- how can dying serve me or my family and the guy right. sitting next to me says, "Well, your house would be paid off, and I thought, well. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. And then as I thought about it a little more, I thought, you know, actually, they'd be better off with me dead than alive financially. And I start looking at different parts. You know, I thought, well, but they, they'd lose their mother. They'd lose, you know, and what, what would they do without their mom? I, I know them best. And, and then again, I took a good look, and I thought, well, you know, other people would come into their life. My mother, my sister, their teachers, our community. So instead of having one cranky mother, they'd be mothered by a whole series, you know, ten mothers in the community. And as I started to see how it would serve myself, how it would serve my family, I wasn't held captive by that fear. Now, I don't wish to die, but I can see if right. it did happen that life would go on.
0: That So that's a really different
2: perspective.
0: Wow. This, so So you're saying that when we have fears, they somehow serve us. And if we can just kind of um, factor in an understanding of that, we can help move through it. Am I understanding that right?
2: Absolutely.
0: Oh, wow.
2: I almost look at emotions. I say, I say, love your emotions. That's going to be the title of my next book, I think. <gasps> love your emotions. You know, it, because if you can use that emotion as a key to something that's incongruent, you know, in your life. Emotion is energy and motion. So it just means that you're not balanced. You know, you're flipping back and forth. An emotional roller coaster as they call it. But mm-hmm. if you can balance those emotions and find that center place, it leaves you energy to create.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who's experiencing um you know, financial stress, let's, let's use that as an example, and they're just going all over the scale with their levels of stress, up and down and sideways and everything else. Looking at the fear, I mean, it is their reality. You know, in your scenario, you weren't dead, so it was, it was a fear, that would, but, but someone who's in financial stress, that's their reality.
2: Mm-hmm. How, how can they adjust those scales of emotion? So what they need to do then is focus their thoughts. They have to Mm -hmm. write down what their dreams and loves are. So -hmm. they have to, again, manifest, put in a plan in action. You know, it's liberating to really put your heart out there on a platter as Mm -hmm. soil for growth. And then you're going to share it with people around you, so a financial advisor, an accountant, a lawyer, friends. So then Mm -hmm. you're going to attract attention from other people that, you know, they see your flashing billboard and there's others Mm that will help you move in the direction you're wanting to go. But you have to have, you know, you have to have that map or flow chart to know where you want to be to know how to get there.
0: Okay, so we're going to head into break in just a couple of seconds. And when I come back, I'd love to touch some more on that
2: because that's a great, great idea. Great. Thanks, Marla. Mm
1: Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome back, and we're here today with...
0: Fascinating guest, Dr. Dina Churchill, and you can find out more about Dr. Churchill at her website, Dr. Dina D E E N A Churchill C H U R C H I L L dot com. And as we were going into break, uh, we were discussing expressing gratitude and love for your emotions, and and looking at uh, specifically at that moment financial stress. And Dina, you were saying that someone in in the financial stress kind of situation could create a map for financial success. And if I'm understanding you right, then the attraction power in that is that it'll attract the people and the resources to begin to change the situation. Is that where we're going?
2: Absolutely. And not just to to put it on a piece of paper and put it away. I think there's attraction power in that too. But then to talk about it. You know, oftentimes when we're going through some sort of an emotional trauma, financial crisis is often embarrassing for people. And I've been there on a recent divorce myself, so I speak from personal experience as well. But to jump out of that box of fear of what other people are going to think and to say, you know, I could really use some help or some guidance. Uh, So writing down where you want to be and then attracting or calling in the people that can help you get there.
0: Beautiful. So creating a plan and, and not dwelling in, in the, the situation in the moment, but really
2: expanding that picture and looking forward to the new change, right? Absolutely. And understanding, again, that, you know, that place you're in right now is meant to teach you something. You yes. know, it's, um, it's sometimes that painful place that brings in the resources that you need.
0: So, so that's something that I talk a lot about in my coaching, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that before we move on to your book because I can't wait to hear about that as well. Um, you know, we're we're in these situations because we're here to teach us something, and it's really easy for for us as coaches to look into someone else's psyche and their in their life and help them assess what what that that lesson that learning as i like to say is how can we do that for ourselves though sometimes it's a little tricky when you feel like the universe is hitting you over the head with a baseball bat and mm-hmm. you're saying what am i supposed to learn <laughs> <Do> you-
2: <laughs> so i'd say write it out and then and then again seek people that can uh, help you discover that whether it's a spiritual healer or a coach uh, you know a mind body practitioner um but again understanding that that trauma is there to serve you in some way so it's it's a lesson that you just um, you're working through figuring out and and documenting writing down you know journaling is is therapeutic understanding again that it's it's a feedback mechanism so um, i don't know let's take an example and work through it what would be an example of a client of yours that is having some difficulty finding the lesson in divorce
0: well well, something that that i see a lot of is is getting stuck working in the business instead of on the business and and there's an understanding that okay in order to really make the money we need to get out of the business and be an entrepreneur but they tend to want to stay stuck if you will in that place of of getting you know in, in their hands dirty in the business doing the things they shouldn't be doing
2: so uh, I would say to make a love list of what you want to do, to prioritize that day and to find out what are the parts of the business that you really love to work in. A love list. <laughs> a love list. And then delegate out the things that you don't love. Because mm-hmm. some people really love working in their business. Yeah. They, they really love working on the business in the business. And so I think it's a judgment call to tell that person, you know, it's somebody else's judgment. It's a value from the outside telling the person that they should do this or need to do that or the person feels it themselves from their financial advisor or their coach. Or, But, you know, it's what that person really loves. So to do a love list of what you really want to do, make sure you focus your day doing those things, prioritize them, and then delegate out the rest.
0: Yeah, and so when someone is stuck in a place where they're doing the things that they don't love doing, but they have resistance to moving on, do you think there's a learning there for them that they can really step back and assess?
2: So I would, I would ask one of my coaching clients then, is what's holding them back? Mm-hmm. Why, why are they not moving on? Is it, is, is it fear to sort of label the emotion? So to find out exactly what's holding mm-hmm. them back. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. it's fear of of moving on or fear of success. Right. So right. I ask them to define success. Maybe their success, they, their definition of success is right now there in their life. So the fact of getting busier or having to take on more, uh, they see it as taking time away from their family. Yes. And their family is their highest value. Right. So they're not going to move on regardless of the coaching or what Mm -hmm. uh, the financial enticement is. If their highest value is their family, they're not going to move on to grow the business.
0: Right, right. And another thing I see often is that um, wealth or abundance, financial abundance, isn't necessarily in the definition of that value of success, and that's missing. And so there's not an awareness that that the success can lead to financial comfort or there's some discomfort with that awareness. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, working through those values, you're right, is so important. So, so Dina, I'm excited to to move on to your book and um, divinity in divorce. Tell me what what do you mean by that? What does the word divinity have to do with divorce? <laughs>
2: Uh, Thanks for the question. Divinity was, uh, I mean, divorce is really just my own platform, my own personal experience, having gone to it recently myself. But it was a platform of emotion that uh, half the population uh, deals with now at this point. And again, it's sort of my message of crisis and blessing. And taking an emotional platform like divorce and finding love and gratitude in that is really what I wanted to share with the world so to, to understand really that, um, you know, the universe is thrusting complementary opposites together in order for us to learn. You know, in an attempt to have us more love, more of ourselves, the world gives us a mirror. Mm-hmm. And then as we move through our love lessons, there's more clarity with the profound truth, really, that we're all one in spirit. And in seeing a greater perspective, jumping out of our own limited perceptions and emotions to a greater awareness, is really how I define divinity. So the key to divinity is really within the ability to expand your perceptions out to a higher level of understanding.
0: Expanding your perceptions to a higher level of understanding.
2: So like you you see yourself and your Mm -hmm. husband in the room having an argument, but you're going to lift out of that and you're going to you know, pretend like you're a spirit in the corner of the room and you're going to see that it's, it's, a, it's a play. You're just acting out to teach each other lessons in love. Hmm. So when I do my seminars, I actually on my Facebook, I did a post on this not, uh, not too long ago, and I'm on Facebook as well, Dina Churchill, so if anyone's interested, they can join my forum there. But I, I showed a picture of the Great Wall of China, and I said, is this an opportunity or an obstacle?
0: that's funny that's funny i do an entire workshop around that that i love that yes
2: i do if you're on one side of the wall it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. you're working on the wall if you're on the other side of the great wall of china and you're you know it's an obstacle because you're trying to get in to kill the people in the city so if you can jump outside of that wall if you can lift yourself above the wall you can see that it's both an opportunity and an obstacle Right. So you're transcending the wall or emotion or the problem or divorce or whatever the challenge is to see all sides. You can see how that wall is serving the community 50 miles away, how you know that Great Wall of China is placed in, and how it interacts with other countries and how it's sort of a global part of the world. So the further you transcend out, the greater your perspective, the less emotional you're going to be about that argument that's happening on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. So and interest. so
0: what are some steps that a person um, can take when they're, when they're beginning to go through these kinds of griefs, you know, situations like divorce can bring upon us, um, to begin to expand that perception? What are some practical steps?
2: Marla, what was the uh, catalyst for me uh, really in this whole procedure, you know, the whole divorce and my inspiration to write the book Divinity and Divorce was Dr. John Demartini's The Demartini Method. Mm -hmm. And that's a scientific tool of predetermined questions that helps you see the perfection in each moment. So you answer a series of questions where you can see yourself as a reflection of others. It's a beautiful way to dissolve guilt of the past and fears of the future. And you understand that this moment doesn't get any better than it is. Because when we're in there, you know, it's easy for me to look back right now and say, yes, divinity and divorce. But I had very many moments going through it, and even moments now where I still question that. Not sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. So in writing the book, it's really to help me, you know, as a daily right. reminder to find divinity in any challenge. You know, we write what we want to learn for ourselves. Um, but the De Martini method was a, a scientific method. It was a weekend where I was locked away, you know, in this seminar room, and I had paid my money for the seminar, and I had to get through it. And it was uh, it was really a life changing experience to have somebody um, push me to see that other side.
0: And so, how does someone access this method? Is this I've never heard of the De Martini method until today in reading your information. How how would I access that?
2: So John Demartini, again, he's on Facebook, Dr. John Demartini. Uh, he was interviewed in the movie The Secret as yes. well. So you might know him through those Law of Attraction circles. Uh, but he has um, information there on his, on his Facebook or a global facilitator. I'm one of the uh, global facilitators. So you could get a list of uh, facilitators. And they're, again, all over the world um, to do a weekend with them or to consult with them. Um, to work through this De Martini method. Okay,
0: and um, so these are live events, in person events. It's a whole weekend, and you're a facilitator. You're in the Nova Scotia area, is what you said, right?
2: Yes. Okay,
0: so Halifax. anyone in that area can look you up, and uh, we would find the other global facilitators on Dr. Martini, De Martini's site then. That's
2: right.
0: Beautiful. And do you talk about the De Martini method in your book, Dina?
2: I do. Yeah, I, I really, I've given my own personal example. So, you know, again, when you're locked in that situation, it's difficult to see the other side. So I've really sort of spilled all our intimate, well, not all our intimate details, but to help you see how I work through it.
0: And here we are going into break. We'll be right back with Dr. Dina Churchill.
1: Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Adler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check our website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. Support so that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on Toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet, Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, and find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life.
2: I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. And I can control my life instead of my life controlling me, I can tell the world this is who I am and and this is what I'm all about.
1: Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, redirecting building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her insight network on toginet.com And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka.
0: Welcome back, and we're here today with Dr. Dina Churchill, and we're about to discuss a little more about her latest book, Divinity in Divorce, The Power in Gratitude and Love. Uh, Dina, tell us, is this book strictly for people going through or having gone through divorce?
2: This book awakens the spirit of anyone in a relationship in an intimate relationship with another person. It's really about reaching new levels of consciousness and recognizing, again, the perfection within each moment and the person as a reflection of you.
0: And the person as a reflection of you. Explain that.
2: So if we can see that the other person is has all the qualities and traits that we have, we have all the same qualities and traits as the other person has Mm -hmm. then we look at each new person or relationship as a Mm -hmm. opportunity for self-study
0: got it yes got it and that's so true we do attract to us um qualities that are within ourselves so that we can witness and see those qualities and uh And because some of them we enjoy, but some of them we don't, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the first question I ask myself when I encounter someone who gets on my nerves, if you will. It's like, okay, what qualities of myself am I seeing in this guy?
2: (laughs) Yes, and they usually come to us in the way of a spouse. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they
0: sure do. They sure do. So. But,
2: and I, I do the same thing when there's a person that, you know, really is agitating to me. I think, what is it that about that person that's aggravating to me? And it's usually a quality about myself that I haven't loved yet or I'm not liking. So right, I think or, the person has an ego. I can't see where I have an ego. Uh-huh. Or I think the person's being too aggressive is because I can't see where I'm aggressive. So whatever quality, whatever the critical adjective is that you use to describe somebody else, I turn it around and say, where do I have that in my life? Yes. Because if you yes. can see you also have it, it doesn't look so bad on the other person. <laughs> right? So I yeah. didn't like the person yeah. with an ego until I realized I had one. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you could be a little bit more forgiving then, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or, or sometimes I find uh, when it's a characteristic that I find um, very, very unattractive. Um, I find that there's a fear in in me about that quality that you know I obviously have as well coming closer to the surface
2: yes. for others to see. Yes, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but. You know, if we realize that we all have every trait Mm -hmm. and truly it's energy and that we're learning from each other, you know, a trait is neither bad nor good. It's just a trait. It depends on your judgment and your label that you put on it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So Mm -hmm. for some people, ego is a very important way to um, grow their business. Somebody else will look at ego and say, oh, you need to be humble. You know, it's somebody else's values or somebody will... Um, look at, you know, a woman being very vocal in her opinions as something negative and somebody else will applaud that. So Mm -hmm. a trait is just a trait until you label it as bad or good. Bad or good, right. Right. So, you know, I often have clients say, well, he lied to me. I say, well, where have you lied in your life? I don't Mm -hmm. lie. Really? (laughs) You have kids? You know, did you do you ever promise? You know, did you ever threaten or did you do, what about telemarketers that call right at supper time? You know, there's there's times when we all lie. Yeah. It's just we depending on our values and our priorities, we choose where we do that. Yeah.
0: We do. We do and we choose oftentimes not to see it within ourselves if it is something that we've labeled unattractive.
2: Yes. Yeah. Or we're lying to ourselves. We lie to ourselves instead of lying all to somebody time. else. We're lying to ourselves about something.
0: All of the time. So, okay, I have to ask this question. Um, I, I'm sure there are those out there who would, would look at um, your book and this philosophy as being rather idealistic. Mm-hmm. Have you encountered that kind of a reaction to your book, and, and how do you speak to that?
2: I really have. And, you know, with, the ti- with divinity in the title, it's attracting a lot of theologians and uh, fundamentalists in different mm-hmm. religions. Okay. Um, so I've had, uh, you know, some questions about which sacred text I have referenced in my book. Oh. For example. And it's it's um, you know, a combination of everything that I've read and studied, but really the basic principle is love and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that principle weaves through any religion. It's really looking at loving yourself first. And through that self-love, you're able to love others.
0: Hmm. And so a person going through divorce will often have a very, very difficult time loving themselves because they're feeling rejection and failure and, and other, what we would say are negative
2: emotions. Um, how do we move through that? Well, I think the book gives my own personal example. So I just I haven't gone out there and laid out a lot of theory. I've said, this is how I've done it. And, you know, maybe in sharing some of my experience, it will be helpful for you. Sure. Ideally, I think we all have our own path.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, it's honoring that. So, you know, some will read the book and find it helpful, and some may not be willing to open their mind to look at the concepts that I've suggested. And
0: Mm -hmm. that's okay. So, what led you down this path then? How did you come to write the book? And what was your experience? In my divorce.
2: Uh, so, oh, sure. Yeah, it was. It was the my divorce that was sort of the most challenging emotional thing that uh, you know I encountered in my life up at that point, where you know custody agreements and bankruptcy and all these major things sort of mm. were thrown uh, towards me at at uh, once. And I thought, how can I? And this was the question I had for myself: how can I get through this divorce with love and gratitude? Mm. So I threw the question out there to the universe and drew to me all the things that I needed to do that, and including writing the book, which was really my own therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's sharing what I've learned and what I hope to remember. Okay.
0: Okay, and so what, you know, you're, you're in the middle of, of, you know, child custody battle, which has to be the most emotional thing to go through and, and frightening thing to go through. How do you... Where do the words and the thoughts about gratitude even come to one's mind? Well,
2: you know, this is, this is an interesting question because what I say to patients and clients is, what is the purpose of pain? Mm-hmm. Now, that can be physical pain in your body or emotional pain in your mind, but what is the purpose of pain?
0: It's, it, well, pain to me is, is calling our attention to something that is off-kilter or
2: in dis-ease. Absolutely. And, yeah. Identifies limits. Right. right. So I stand people at my seminar and I bend somebody's finger back and I say, tell me when it's painful. So mm-hmm. they tell me and then I say, well, can you take some of these pain-relieving medications now so I can continue with <sighs> the experiment? This is a Bill Edsdeb presentation. You know, we don't want to cover up the pain. Because that pain is a signal that there's some yes. further injury. We need to change our behavior. So it's pain that often signals a change. Yes. So, you know, that painful place where you are with that divorce or death or grief or crisis, realize it's there to, again, as you say, to, to teach you something. You know, it's, it's a warning light. And then in the book I talk about how to liberate your body from stress or stress molecules. You know, it's the care of yourself, care of your body, attending to your needs, so therapies, massage, exercise, yoga, qigong, acupuncture, chiropractic, body therapies that help liberate tissues because your emotions happen in your mind, but then through a series of molecules and neuropeptides, it gets stored in your tissues, right? And we know that because we're under stress and we have tight shoulders. So, again, attending to your body, you want to move that energy around. You want to liberate that tension from your body. And stress, exercise, not only sort of metabolizes stress chemicals, but it also creates a process called neurogenesis, which helps um, grow more neurons to help give you a different perspective. Exercise, when you're going through any stressful event, is absolutely essential.
0: So neurogenesis, more neurons to help shift, to, to give us a different
2: perspective. Can,
0: can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, well, neurogenesis just means you're growing neurons, and this is a new concept, um, and scientists are just looking at this now, where, um, again, they're seeing how exercise can increase the number and connections of neurons in our brain. So, you know, our brain is neuroplastic, and with training... Um, can change not only through the body but also through your mind so we've liberated and moved the body but now again focusing your thoughts focusing on what you love doing your map that we talked about earlier in financial Mm -hmm. crisis of what Mm -hmm. you love and where you're going develop a plan of how to get there because if you don't know where you're going you're going to be lost in where you came from Uh so it helps shift your focus if you have an idea on where you want to be next year or where you want to be next month instead of focusing on where you have came from and then the third part so move your body liberate your body with all these things that I've talked about fill your mind you know Mm -hmm. uh, fulfill your mind with thoughts and what you love and where you want to go and then you caress your spirit through reading books poetry you know the great books of mathematics science and religion my book, Divinity and Divorce. But, yes, of course. You know, fill your mind with inspirational things. Caress your spirit with inspirational things that, um, again, brings you to that place of gratitude for just being alive and in the universe. So it's a really mind, body, spirit journey.
0: It really is. And I love I love all the talk that we're hearing now, finally, about our power and ability to actually begin to to shift our DNA basically is what we're looking at. You know, and just because we may have been born to parents who have clinical depression or or what have you doesn't mean that we need to carry on that 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 DNA path. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. Doctor Bruce Lipton has wrote a beautiful book oh, called awesome. The Biology of Belief. Right. Where he talks about epigenetics. So, genetics is the you know genetic code that you inherit from your family. But epigenetics, something above epi, like the epiglottis down in your throat, epi above the genetics. So, something beyond that biology, something in the environment, the thoughts, beliefs, and actions of yourself, thoughts, beliefs, and actions of others. You
0: know, we're, we're going into break again. I'm excited to hear more about Great. this. So, we'll be right back. Thanks,
2: Marla.
1: Another way of living with Susan Dobson is on Toginet. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central.
0: Hi, I'm Susan Dobson, host of the New Talk Show Another Way of Living. On Another Way of Living, we talk about what I call the unspeakable. When I was growing up, if there was a problem, a pink elephant in the living room, everybody walked around it. Nobody talked about it. Sound familiar? Tune in and listen to my guests and callers talk about their solutions to problems just like yours. If you are ready
1: and really want another way of living, then this is your show. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 Central with Susan Dobson.
0: On Another Way of Living, we talk about life, its problems, its challenges, and above all, its solutions.
1: Another Way of Living educates and informs. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Plus, the live format lends itself to surprising and heartfelt revelations from Susan and her guests. You'll be surprised by what's shared, what's learned, and what could change. Join us for another way of living with Susan Dobson. Wednesday evenings at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. was born shortly after her fourth child a boy jerome now she's really got tons of topics to share with you this is laugh out loud funny and we're not kidding what's a loud nebraska girl who lived in little rock for many years and now is up in the northeast doing chronicling her opinions on everything the wheels aren't off yet but it's close it's the not so soccer mom with jill hickey tuesday afternoons at 1 eastern noon central on Toginet.com. welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her insight network on Toginet.com. and now back to your host marla tobacca
0: here today with the brilliant and informed Dr. Dina Churchill. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Thanks for being with us here today, Dina.
2: Thank you, Marla. Um, I'm enjoying it just as much.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> when we were going into break you were talking about epigenics and uh, and then I had to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. so can you just kind of respell out the definition of what that means and, and continue to talk about that? How fascinating.
2: So, I was first introduced to epigenetics by Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's written a book called Biology of Belief. But the concept of epigenetics has been around for quite a while. But genetics, of course, is our DNA structure that we inherit. But epigenetics is something above the genes. So, Dr. Bruce Lipton says it involves, you know, our thoughts and beliefs, our thoughts and beliefs and actions of others, our culture. So that we inherit our genetic structure but these epigenetic factors control gene expression mm. so for example our mindset or our thoughts can help suppress or express a certain disease so if you look at cancer for example um, you know two people can inherit the same predisposition but based on their epigenetic factors, their diet, their lifestyle, their thoughts, beliefs, and actions, affects the expression of that cancer. And in some patients, it may be expressed as a cancer, others, it may not.
0: Sorry about that interruption, folks. Um, so, Dr. Churchill, you can find more information on her at Dr. Dina, D-E-N-A. D-E-N-A Churchill, C-H-U-R-C-H-I-L-L dot com. And uh, she was mentioning as we, before we got broke, uh, broken into here with our little uh, mishap, um, we were talking about epigenetics and how we may be born with certain um, DNA dispositions, if you will, um, genetic dispositions, um, but that we have the power to change that. Hi, Marla. Are you with us, Dina? I am. Hi, not sure what happened there, and I do apologize. That's a new one for me.
2: I didn't think this was a censored show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you start talking about epigenetics, girl, and look that's, out. You're just going to get blown off the air. <laughs> I love it. So I was doing my poor imitation of Dr. Churchill and re-explaining that, but... Please do go on. so so we have the power to change this genetic dis- predisposition, if you will, by eating right, exercising, and what's in our heads,
2: right? Absolutely. So we're no longer held victims by our genetic code, but we're empowered as we realize we can change that, you know, gene expression by what we can do in our environment. Mm, that is such an empowering thought. Yeah. So epigenetics, I think Time Magazine had a big article on epigenetics um, in January. And uh, so, it, you know, it's, it's the buzzword, but epi means above genetics mm-hmm. so something beyond the genes. And Dr. Bruce Lipton's work is really yes. in, interesting because he looks at a, a, a cell, he's a cell biologist, and mm-hmm. he lo- removes the genetic material, which is contained in the nucleus of the cell, and the cell still survives. So he said, there's something else going on here. I'm not a theologian, but there's something keeping this cell alive. I've taken yeah. out even the genetic material, and something mm-hmm. keeps it alive.
0: Yes. And and so for the doubters in us, I know that, yeah, his work is a must-read. This is um, science, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So... You have when you have a patient who comes in, and and you know um, that their thought is really their thought processes, their negative thought, their worry, their what have you is really holding them back from healing to their greatest potential. Because we know the body knows how to heal itself, but the mind can often prevent it from happening. What are the steps that you take to help that person understand that their thoughts are actually
2: preventing? Wellness. That's a great question. You know, as a chiropractor, patients come in to see me and they want body work. So they don't know about my life coaching business and my Trillium Transformations and my seminars. So they've, you know, secured my service for body work. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes there's a bit of a transition between what's happening in the body and introducing them to, you know, how the mind comes into play and how your body is really a manifestation of what's happening in your mind. So I start with patients by just suggesting that at the first visit that, um, you know, your mindset affects your physiology and for some people, they'll want to delve into that and go further with it, and then I can meet with them in a private consult, or they'll come to one of my coaching seminars, and we can mm-hmm. look at how to change their perspective. And some people won't want to go there. Of and course. I've had I've had many you know I've had patients say you know I'm here for you to work on my body, please stay out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) as a a sort of mind body spirit practitioner and i seem to attract you know the type of people that will want to work on all three components but um you know you do have to honor where that person is in their path and everybody sort of crows and has that level of uh, ascension or uh, transgression um transcendence you know from their problems at, at different times and some people have to sort of live in the pain for a while, you know, and when they're ready, they'll make a change, and I'm just there to support them when that happens
0: right, and unfortunately, some people go through a lifetime of not being ready and and aren't necessarily ever going to be ready in this lifetime but and 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 I know that as a practitioner that's that's difficult to watch, but it's also you have the understanding of allowing them to be in their own space. And and uh, so I commend you for that, for, you know, actually working with the mind-body-spirit connection in your work is fabulous. We don't have enough docs doing that. So thank
2: you. You're welcome. But, you know, I think what's helped me is to understand that pain serves us. Yes. So I see that that person being in pain is serving them in some way. Yes. So. Yeah you know, taking that away takes away a lesson that they would otherwise not get. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a non-judgment call. You know, I just feel like right. I'm here to offer a service to those who are willing to listen. To anyone who's willing to listen, you know I love to talk, and if you're not, <laughs> you know, I have to honor that too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it, you know, that's a great point too, Dina. It, it's taking away, you know, something from them. And and another thing that I see as... Um, an EFT practitioner is that when someone is not ready to give up a belief system, that it can be really damaging for a practitioner to even step beyond that, that line to try. Um, because that belief system is also not only teaching them something, but also
2: possibly um, keeping them safe from something. Absolutely. Yeah. If, somebody's ha- if somebody's had an abuse, you know, I tend to attract that a lot of patients with has had some sort of sexual abuse. And um, I had one client who also worked with me in a consult. And her whole identity was based on that abuse. So she had been a counselor for abused women. Then she had um, done a Ph.D. in sociology, and she done psychology, and she was now teaching, lecturing at the university to um, sociologists. Uh, you know about sexuality and abuse, mm-hmm. so for her to go back and look at how that abuse served her in her life, yep. collapses her whole identity
0: yes, yes, that's a great example. Thank you for sharing that so Dina, we have about two minutes left into the show, and um so I want to really thank you for being here and remind our audience that they can find you at dr Dina churchill d e n a c h u r c h i l l dot com as well as on facebook and and did you say that is Dr. Dina Churchill on Facebook or just it's Dina, Dina Churchill? Churchill there okay, great to connect with you there and what can you leave our audience with? What are some steps you know someone who is is grieving or going through a, a you know divorce or something like that? What are some steps that you'd like to sum up and leave our audience with today, Dina?
2: I would just like to say that regardless of the trauma, whether it's divorce, death, crisis, there are examples of chaos, of emotional upheaval, which create pain. And pain is the catalyst for us to change and grow and try and find our true purpose. It's almost like the pain pushes us till our purpose pulls us. So as we perceive those challenges or lack of support on the outside, We're given the opportunity to go inward, into our spirit, to seek our souls and to find the questions, to answers of, you know, why we're here and what my purpose is in life, and to embrace that path and find joy. Because finding gratitude and love in that challenge is the only way to set yourself free from that prison of emotion in your mind. Life is really a journey along borders, of chaos and order, where inspiration is birthed between those two destinations. I would say expect the greatest insights to be paired with the greatest challenge, and to see that adversity births greatness.
0: Adversity births greatness. Wow, wow! You say that all so eloquently. I can't. I've, I've got to get your book just just for the to to hear how you how you say things because you have just <laughs> such a way with words. How beautiful. Pain pushes us until our purpose pulls us. Is that right? Is that what
2: okay. you said? So I was meant to go out and speak to the world and deliver these concepts. Yes, you but were. But I was—I was in fear of that. So I had to have this divorce to teach me to write a book and to be here on your show, Marla. <laughs> Dr. Thank Dena
0: you, Churchill. Thank you for joining us today. You're absolutely delightful. It's
2: a pleasure, Marla. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on TogiNet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't,